bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. Are you guys aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America? Welcome everyone. I'm Paul Dragu. We're glad you can join us. That was part of the trailer for the upcoming movie Civil War. And it's one of the many signals that the country is mulling over a breakup. Since January 22nd, Texas has been defying a migration-related Supreme Court ruling by continuing to fortify its border. This seeming act of rebellion has drawn the support of half of America's governors and invigorated tens of millions of Americans. It has also intensified talk of civil war. For three years, Americans have been subjected to the most corrupt, un-American, subversive, hostile, and globalist-minded administration in the history of the United States. For starters, this radical administration has attacked every element of our reliable energy sector. As a result, for most of the Biden reign, we've been paying through the nose to fuel our cars, to heat our homes, and really everything else. Biden's people have told average Americans to dump our affordable and reliable gas-powered vehicles and go out and buy a $50,000 EV that doesn't work in the winter. Certain cities have even banned gas stoves. All of it to prevent a problem that doesn't even exist. This administration has also subsidized the absurdly anti-science, anti-property rights carbon capture pipeline scam. This has resulted in landowners being forced to stand by and watch as private companies trespass on their land to conduct surveys. This administration has weaponized the DOJ against essentially anybody who wants to make America great again. It's gone after Donald Trump through the most blatant use of lawfare. It has targeted Catholics and likely other Christian sects. It has thrown hundreds of people in jail just for being at the Capitol on January 6th. Some have received decades-long sentences despite not being anywhere near the Capitol on January 6th. Under this administration, a sham J6 committee lied about what truly happened, withheld evidence, and then used those lies as a pretext to go after Donald Trump and other patriotic Americans. Under the Biden administration, war has erupted all over the world, including in Eastern Europe where we've been doing our best to instigate a hot war with nuclear-armed Russia. Regarding the Ukraine-Russia war, the Biden administration has not only consistently lied to us about Ukraine having a chance at winning, they don't, but it has funneled more than $100 billion to one of the most corrupt countries in, the, in Europe. And just recently, a news report reminded us that Ukrainian government grifters are stealing tens of millions of dollars. That's where our money's going. The Biden administration has constantly bullied the American people into funneling piles of money to help Ukraine fend off a foreign invasion. Yet when it comes to the invasion here at home, they intentionally created one. And with every effort to stop this absurd and dangerous invasion, this administration has fought tooth and nail to make sure millions of unvetted third world migrants flood our already troubled nations. And on top of all of this, adding insult to injury is the near certainty that this administration was installed in power and not legitimately voted in. So here we are, three years into the most destructive presidential tenure, three years of nonstop abuse, three years of subversive anti-American policies. Tens of millions of Americans, likely more than half of the population, know that the people occupying the most powerful positions in their nation are people who hate this country. 
There are people who hate the values that made this the freest, most prosperous, and most blessed and powerful country in the history of the world. Here we are, not even 250 years after a brilliant group of men devised the most brilliant governing documents to ever have existed in the history of all mankind. They set a foundation that created the best country to ever live in, and yet we're going to let a bunch of sophisticated criminals destroy all of that? Is it any surprise then that Americans are reaching their breaking point? So join me to discuss today's conversation is the editor-in-chief of the Ameri New American Magazine, Gary Benoit, and executive senior editor, Steve Bonta. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, Paul. Hello. So we're going to have a sobering conversation here. I think I presented, I tried my best anyway, to reflect a lot of the frustrations that Americans have. So I'm just going to open it up. Uh, I'll go to you first, Steve. And what do you think about everything that's happening and are people right to be so frustrated as to be mulling over something so serious as a civil war? Well, you know, people's frustrations and anger are certainly justified. Civil war is a little bit an, another animal. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I mean, I'm old enough to remember other outrageous administrations stretching all the way back to Jimmy Carter, which for, you know, from 1976 to 1980 was viewed at the time as being very radical and revisionist and had many features in common with, with Joe Biden, with the Biden administration, and in particular, bumbling foreign policy in the Middle East that led ultimately to the Iran hostage crisis and things like this. So, mm. you know, he, and, and like Biden is probably going to be, he ended up being a one-term president who was ushered out in a, in a, in a landslide, a humiliating landslide in, in 1980. Um, I think for me, the Clinton administration seemed to be the worst up and up until now. That was the worst it's ever been in terms of the venality, not to say the outright corruption of the regime. It was very clear to any discerning individuals, for example, that Bill Clinton was responsible for transferring um, critical nuclear technology to China in exchange mm -hmm. for re-election funds. Everybody was focused on the sex scandals with uh, with Monica Lewinsky and the Arkansas troopers and all that stuff, but. In addition to, so it's, I mean, on a personal level, he was not, was not and remains a very corrupt individual, mm. but he also sold our country down the river to, to the communist Chinese and, you know, paved the way. Are you talking about for, Biden or, or ta Clinton? No, I'm, no, well, potato, potato. I'm talking about Bill <laughs> Clinton a gener generation ago. And frankly, by comparison, uh, Barack Obama seemed to be a little less insane, but but the, the Obama era, of course, issue, ushered in really what we would now call the era of this woke madness, yeah. this radical leftism That's, that has just- He set the foundation come, for that. Yeah, he laid the foundation for that. And Biden is now, I think, the logical uh, you know, culmination of this. And yeah, I've never seen anything like this. And I don't think in American history we've ever seen anything quite like yeah. what's happening deliberately with malice aforethought yeah. along our southern border. And, you know, the lawfare being waged against President Trump and thousands of other Trump supporters and January Sixers and uh, people who just happened to cross the Biden administration and so forth and so on. So, yeah, I mean, the anger and frustration are justified. Civil war is something else entirely. Let, let's hear from Gary. His thoughts on, on uh, the, is, is that justified, the anger? I mean, can you... Oh, I, I think it's absolutely justified. And I think most Americans now realize... Not only that something is wrong, but that there is evil intent behind what is uh, wrong. And, mm -hmm. of course, that's part of the good news, the fact that people are opening their eyes. And But a lot of people are wondering, what can we do? Or is there anything that can be done? And, of course, we believe, and we believe we're, we're right, that something can be done. 
Yeah, yeah, and and we're gonna certainly talk talk about that. I, I we might as well start doing that now. Um, is there? Let's let's first establish. Is there? Do you guys agree that there's a that we're not there yet? That we're not that we should really hold off any thoughts about civil war breaking or breaking off. Well, we absolutely are not there yet. Uh, a lot of people would like to compare today's situation to. Uh, the time when the, the Declaration of Independence was yeah. drafted. But just as there are similarities, there are also contrasts. And, uh, of course, one contrast is the fact that we have a priceless Constitution uh, that we did not have uh, going back to 1776. Yeah. And granted, it could be argued, well, gee, are we following that Constitution? That's no, we're my not. argument. <laughs> but the, the Constitution is still there. Yeah. And, and so we need to uh, reacquaint people with our wonderful, our, our wonderful heritage and we need to reclaim that Constitution. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if we were to lose the Constitution, then we have nothing to go back to to protect our freedoms. And we have no basis for regaining control of our government, for the self, uh, for, for self-government, because if we lose those documents, then they could obviously trample all over whatever rights we would be left at that point, with, and, and then we couldn't point to the Constitution, whereas now... We can still point to it, albeit obviously they're not very fond of following it. It's been it's being violated uh, on a on a daily basis and whatnot. But the fact that it's there means that we have one less step, right? Yes, and not only is it there, but uh, every member of Congress takes an oath to the Constitution. Yeah, uh, is to state legislators. All right, folks. The New American Daily takes the most important news stories of the day and we get rid of the propaganda and we bring you the truth. So if you enjoyed this show, we ask that you share these episodes with others. After this, me, Gary, and Steve, we're going to continue our conversation of whether we should civil war or not. Hey, America, how tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, The New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com slash radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com slash radio25. Hey, listeners and readers, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you think about the stories we report, the way we report them, and what you'd like to hear more and less of, and any other comments or questions related to the New American Daily. You can send your comments and questions to dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. That's dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. And during our Friday episodes, we'll read some of your comments. Again, send your questions to dailyshow at thenewamerican.com. Welcome back, folks. Steve, you wanted to start off this segment by talking about war. I do, because people are becoming accustomed to treating the topic lightly. Okay, so here is the verdict of history. Very seldom do wars of independence, do wars of you know, uprising against tyrannical authorities actually succeed. Case in point, when it became apparent 
to the few remaining Roman Republicans back in the era of uh, Julius Caesar that the Republic was slipping away definitively. They decided as a last-ditch effort first to assassinate Julius Caesar and then a band of senators, you know, the leaders who carried out the assassination rose up, you know, raised an army. And um, to make a long story short, they made a bit of it. They were defeated and that was the end of the Roman Republic. And what ensued after that was, was a horrible uh, civil war that ended up finally with, with Augustus becoming, being crowned the first Roman emperor and a period of, of, of you know, many years, you know, like a dozen years or so of just bloodshed and horror until Augustus was finally established as the, the alpha male mm. in the new Roman Empire, okay? That's the normal outcome of, of uprisings. Um, wars of independence. I've been reading a lot about the Greek War of Independence lately. Uh, most people don't, don't know a lot about it, but it was very influential on both American and European history in the early 1800s. This was when the Greeks rose up and against their Ottoman Turkish masters who had you know, d d ruled over them with an iron fist for over 400 years at this, at this point. Mm -hmm. Their War of Independence lasted 12 years and Ultimately, they were successful, thanks in no small measure to support in the terms of weapon shipments and a steady stream of idealistic mercenaries coming from, from Western, including Lord Byron, the famous English poet, who saw in the Greek rebellion a sort of symbol, symbolic, um, you know, the country where, where Western civilization and, and ideals of democracy had originated was now rising up against this despotic, mm -hmm. you know, oriental despotic master. And so, uh, but it still lasted 12 years. It was an awful affair characterized by um, what we would now say genocidal massacres of civilians on both sides. It started with, uh, you know, massacres of all the, of all of the, the Greeks, uh, excuse me, of all the Turks living in Constantinople. And then the Turks, uh, you, you know, retaliated in kind. They went back and forth. The, the, the massacre at, the, at Navarino and the, the massacre at Chios. In fact, the massacre at Chios, out of 100,000 people, Greeks living in the island of Chios, when the Turks were finished, they, they massacred fully one-fifth of the entire population, 20,000, maybe as many as 50,000 people were slaughtered, mm -hmm. okay? And that was just one. So this went on and on and on and on, year after year. And by the time it was done, uh, places like Chios, for example, never recovered. It was once a, you know, a, a center of, of Greek and Turkish commerce. It was desolated by the massacre and has, has remained a backwater ever since. And to this day, the Turks and the Greeks hate one another with a passion as a consequence of those events that unfolded two centuries yeah. ago. Ultimately, Greek did become independent, although I would argue that they've never really become a full-fledged Western-style successful free republic. They've always been, you know, liked socialism. My point being is that once you embark upon war of any type of war, but especially civil war, you know, war on your own soil. You never know what the outcome is going to be. And nine times out of 10, it, it, things end up worse in the aftermath yeah. than they were in the beginning. And the reason is because the root causes that we're looking at right now that are causing some people to raise a hue and cry about civil war exist, as the Romans discovered, okay, as, as, as Cassius and Brutus and that, and that crowd discovered, the Roman people no longer wanted to have a republic. They were no longer fit for self-government. Uh. So depraved they had become. And this is normally the case. We likewise in the United States, the chief danger that we face is that so many people do in fact sustain or at least passively accept what's going on through want of understanding. And that is not going to change even mm. in a time of bloodshed.
That's a very good point, right. Steve. I think a lot of people listening, they might say, well, we won our War of Independence, but we almost didn't, did we? First Where of all, we it was a unique event in terms of being comparatively bloodless. There weren't any really, really savage, bloody battles or pogroms or anything yeah. like this. And second of all, the American, um, the early Americans were quite a unique, quite mm -hmm. unique demographically at the time. Not, to, not like our folks are. Well, well, for moment. one thing, they had a cadre of, of leadership, uh, of men who were very, very principled. The men we refer to today as the founding fathers. Mm -hmm. uh, they were very principled. Uh, they also were men of wisdom, uh, sound judgment, and uh, they were men who uh, did great study and were familiar with the lessons of history, but. Uh, what I'd like to do, uh, Paul and Steve, is and to... And we don't have such... Uh, I'd I like to contrast that. Wait, right. We don't have that cadre today. I mean, we have some good people, but uh, we don't have a cadre of leadership uh, that we look up to nationally yeah. uh, along the lines of what we had during the time of the uh, American yeah. Revolution. And we don't have a comparable followership either. Right. But I'd like to contrast that with another revolution that occurred uh, shortly afterward. Uh, and that is, of course, the French Revolution. Yeah. Uh, and the French Revolution, like the American Revolution, was supposed to bring about freedom. Uh, it was supposed to bring about liberty and, and fraternity and and uh, equality, uh, uh, whatever that means. But, of course, it went in a very different direction. It went in the direction of a reign of terror. And uh, you could say, in one sense, that revolution was successful and that it toppled the existing order. But certainly unsuccessful in terms of anybody who believes in, in freedom because what came out of that was uh, extreme bloodshed, yeah, uh, and of course the uh, the rise of Napoleon afterward. I mean, they were decapitating heads like what every minute or something. It was absolutely diabolic, you know. So, well, what is that? Let's let's go back to to Texas here because Texas, I think, is kind of like at the center of this. What do you think, Gary, as far as the situation that Texas in? I mean, we all know. I think most of the people who are listening know, but I'm I'm gonna. Summarize really, really quickly. Obviously, Texas is in a situation where this administration opened the borders, and whenever Texas tried to secure those borders, the, the federal government stepped in and said no. So, you know, it looks like they're coming to blows. It's like, what do we do with, in a situation like that? Well, we do what Texas is doing right now, and let us hope that Texas does not back down. But what, it, what Texas is doing right now is not secession. Uh, now, there are many good people in Texas who do want to secede, yeah, but Texas are. has not seceded from, from the union. So what what their actions are not secession. Their actions are in the area of nullification. The regime that we have in Washington, D.C. today is a lawless regime. Yes. Uh, the regime is not obeying the law. The regime is not obeying the Constitution. The regime is not protecting the borders of these United States of not America. The, the very fact that we refer to it as a regime and not an administration, yes. I think, speaks volumes. <laughs> I, I think it does. Thank you, Steve. But uh, what Texas is doing is saying enough is enough, and we are going to support the Constitution of the United States. That is what Texas is, is doing, and it stand at uh, Eagle Pass. Well, yeah, it is. But what happens if the government continues to push, to push, and, and uh, there's no indication that it's not going to stop. Is there a point where Texas is right to defy them and, and I well, don't know. Well, uh, Texas already is, and let's hope that Texas sticks to its guns, and of course I'm using that in a figurative sense, but uh, <laughs> Just uh, uh, you know, obviously it could get to a point where, where there's shooting, but uh, everything possible should be done to uh, avoid that. But, but look at how other states 
are rallying around Texas yeah. right now. Just yesterday, we got word. Steve sent out an email in mass here about how DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, is sending, is it a hundred or hundreds of he, uh, well, I don't know the exact number, several hundred. They, they're saying ultimately a, one one battalion's worth of of, of yeah. soldiers. Yeah, yeah, and obviously what we want, and I wholeheartedly a, a, agree. Coming from a a part of the world where there's been bloodshed for thousands of years, I totally agree that you know before you embark or something like this, uh, you have to exhaust everything else because, like you said, it's like there's no telling where this is going to go because once it explodes. It's out of control. And it's like, it's one thing to talk all tough now, but what happens, you know, when, when the supply chain's broken or your kid gets sick or whatever, the hospitals are down, you can't get antibiotics, you can't get food, because that would be what, what, what's going to happen. All right, we're going to come back and we're going to uh, look at solutions. We're going to talk about that after this. Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men, and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, Self-Reliance, The Great Reset, and Trump World, for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer, available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today. The New American has just released our latest bookazine, a collection of articles on self-reliance. It's called Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. Without individual responsibility and without the ability to take care of ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. In this polished collector's edition, we have articles on a number of important topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst case scenario, firearm self-reliance, building a wood shack, and the importance of community, among many other topics. Now, the authors of the articles are experts in their fields. We encourage you to get a copy. You can order your copy at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783. However you do it, make sure you get your copy of Self-Reliance, The Foundation of Freedom. All right, folks, and we're back. I'm going to go to Gary here because we're going to talk about the separation of powers. Right. And also federalism. And a lot of people uh, really do not have the understanding to know what the the word federal means um, or what federalism means, even though we have a government Mm -hmm. we call a federal government. But it is based on a separation of powers between the national government and the state governments. And the powers assigned to the national government by the U.S. Constitution are few and defined and all other powers are reserved to the states or to the, the people. And if you look at it in this context, I'd like to bring the fact, too, that it's not just federal officials who take an oath to the U.S. Constitution. It is also state officials. Uh, it even includes the, the county sheriff. Yeah, uh, They take an oath to the Constitution as well. And why is it? Because of their duty, because of their responsibility to, uh, hold, to uh, hold up 
to uphold the, the Constitution of the United States. And that very much includes preventing the abuse of power by uh, the national government or by other branches uh, of government. So when, for example, the national government tramples on our rights, uh, it is the duty of state officials to say, we're not going to do that. We love the Constitution so much, we're not going to allow the violation of the Constitution. Yeah. And, of course, that's what's happening in Texas, having to do with uh, securing the border. But uh, that principle should be applied in many other areas. For instance, during the period when Roe versus Wade was on the book, I mean, that was totally unconstitutional. Officials in the states should have refused to have uh, abided by that. Yeah. Well, uh, it, there was times when they did. I mean, for instance, during COVID, we mm -hmm. pointed out they nullified mask mandates, which right. weren't as technically laws, but they, they, they were passing them as laws, as edicts, and as sheriffs were saying no. That's not going to happen right. in this county. That, that's correct. But my recommendation, Paul, is, is that we have the Constitution. Let's apply the Constitution. And let's not only insist that our congressmen apply it, mm -hmm. let's insist that our officials on the state and county and local levels yeah. apply that document as well. Let's at least try that uh, before we talk about secession. Yeah. Because if we secede, we're starting over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but as long as we're, uh, uh, you know, as long as we have the Constitution, we have that to go back to as soon as we create the understanding. Let's create the understanding in America today that uh, our, uh, uh, you know, Americans back during the 18th century possessed during the time of the re Revolution. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, obviously, this is a huge topic, and so it makes sense that someone like Tucker Carlson would be asked about it. I don't know if you guys are aware, but Tucker's been kind of on a tour up in Canada, and he was recently asked this very question, like, mm -hmm. where do you see this going? And Tucker's answer was basically, he didn't see any way out of this without violence. That's that's kind of paraphrasing. He's, he's saying, here we have an American populace that has not that their leaders have not represented them and he just didn't see it so that was his rant but then something happened then then uh, uh, Jordan Peterson this was a panel he comes in and he says this I, I would say maybe that and, and you Tucker you actually asked for a, an alternative to the view that you were expressing the somewhat pessimistic view of the dominance of people in power in the video that led up to your entrance onto the stage, you pointed out a realization that you had, which was that nothing better in your life can happen to you than what happens if you tell the truth. And I, I believe that to be the case. I actually believe that that's why we have the idea that power is vested in the people. And I don't think that power is where people think it is. I don't think that power is in the hands of the elite. The ability to manipulate, misuse power might be in the hand of the elite, but the power that we need to set the world straight is actually at your fingertips. And this is actually, this is actually a rather terrifying realization, you know, because there's some relief in thinking that the elites can do whatever they want and there's nothing that someone as small as you could possibly do about it. And that's wrong because you're not small. And it's wrong because it's irresponsible to presume that. And it's wrong because the truth is more terrifying and also more liberating. And the truth of the matter is, is that if you utilized what you had at hand, 
which at least is the ability that you have at hand to say what you think truly and as clearly as you can, even if you're not that articulate, that the world would change around you in ways that would make you immune to the blandishments of the power-mongering elite. And I'm, I'm hoping that enough people will realize their, the power of their affinity with the truth, especially when it's allied with the will to aim up, to, to have the courage to speak that truth. And if enough people do that, then the terrible things that we're concerned about coming forward at us in the future will have no purchase whatsoever. You know, like I learned a long time ago that the war that we're in is psychological or spiritual, if you want to look at it that way, rather than political. And everyone has a sense of that now, that it's something is moving that's more, that's deeper than the mere political. The tectonic plates themselves are shifting and you, you're all going to play a role in that, you know, and the role you'll play is going to be determined by what you determine to ally your speech with, for example, your decision about whether or not you're going to tell the truth in the confines of your own life. And if enough people, all of you, if enough of you decide in the local circumstances of your own life to say, to dare to say what you believe to be true, then the tyrants will have no purchase on you and you won't be slaves. And just by definition, all right, guys, so I want to get your thoughts on what uh, Jordan Peterson said. But first, when I heard that, it reminded me of Ro one of Robert Welch's speeches in Truth in Time, and I've, I've cited it numerous times. And in there somewhere, he says that the power of the elites, uh, or he calls these sophisticated criminals, it lies on deception. And obviously, Jordan Peterson there is also saying is, we need to tell the truth. I, I think part of that is also education. You know, it's like there's a lot of people, I think, during, you know, with tra whether it be trans madness, whether it be with the fact that all the, the, the illegal and the crazy stuff that's happening. I think there's a lot of people who are keeping their head down. And what I gather from him, what he's saying is if we all rise up and everyone who knows what the truth is starts saying it and stops going along with it, that in itself uh, will change things. One of the most common complaints I hear from people who know what's going on but don't want to do anything is that the system is rigged. So therefore, there is no, there's no point in doing anything because the system is rigged. Well, that's a very defeatist and selfish attitude because it can get a lot worse. So we are in a position right now where, as we've said before, we have enough freedoms right now to get them all back. So if you want to sit on the sideline and whine and think that because it is rigged, because it is rigged, that there's no point, then I think maybe you don't deserve it. I, I don't know what else to say because we have enough to get it all back. I think you're right, Paul. I think we ultimately get the government that we deserve, but we can do something about it. And really to say, well, I can't do anything about it, therefore I'm not going to do anything, uh, I think to put it very charitably is a morally challenging position because we have a moral obligation yes. to do what is right simply because it's right, right. for no, no other reason. Yeah, yes, because you are going to ruin your children and your grandchildren's future because you decided to be a defeatist. And I, I guarantee you, if everyone who's a defeatist stops doing that, that alone may be able to change things. What do you think, Steve? You got 10 seconds. <laughs> what I think cannot be summarized in 10 seconds. All right, we're going to come back because I want to definitely get your take on this. Uh, so we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this defeatist attitude and what else we can do.
life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence proclaims God-given rights, and we intend to protect them. Working with people like you for over 50 years, preserving freedom and building a better tomorrow, safeguarding the Constitution by limiting government power. We are restoring liberties, educating voters, and leading the freedom movement. Join with us. United, we will defend our rights. We are all Americans. We are the John Birch Society. For more news and in-depth analysis from the New American Magazine, the kind that you will not get anywhere else, make sure you have a subscription to our twice-monthly print edition of the magazine. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than the New American. You can subscribe online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top and then on the drop-down, hit the subscribe button. Or if you prefer, you can call for a subscription. Call one 800 727 8783 Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 800 727 8783. All right, so we're back. Steve, I wanted to get your take on Jordan Peterson's solution there and our solutions and what else you would recommend. Well, with all due respect to Dr. Peterson, um, who I do admire with, with qualifications, and with all due respect to both of you, I think that that the points made as far as they go are correct, but, the, but they're incomplete. Because okay, here's the real problem. The real problem isn't that you and I and most of the people who say might listen to a show like this or for that matter listen to Tucker Carlson or, or Jordan Peterson you know, are wrongheaded and are not going to do the right thing. The problem is that there are so many more people the, po the considerable popularity of both of those gentlemen, Tucker Carlson and Jordan Peterson, notwithstanding, it is dwarfed by the popularity of, you know, entertainers like uh, Taylor Swift and, you know, NFL teams and all the, the, the sorts of things upon which the, 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 the attentions of the overwhelming majority of our fellow citizens are focused on, okay? Their energies are enlisted otherwise. And if you tell them as Peterson seems to be saying, all you need to do is raise your voice and speak the truth. Well, the problem with that is, what if the truth, if your truth, as they like to say nowadays, is wrong? I mean, this is the, it's not, the problem is not that voices aren't being raised. Yeah. The problem is not even that, that individuality is being extinguished. I mean, if nothing, if nothing, if not as individualistic as we've ever been. The problem is that too many people are very, very wrong about some very critical things. And so before we talk about raising our voices, we first had better make sure that there were right. that we're saying the right things, that, the, that, that those who raise their voices are, I mean, obviously they're always going to malcontents mm -hmm. and uh, dead enders and uh, people like, you know, the usual the bohemians and barbarians and, and this sort of thing that, I mean, they've always been with us in our society, but up until the last few de decades, they really haven't been that consequential. And now it seems we're, we're run by the whim of the mob much like revolutionary France. We haven't quite gotten to Madame Guillotine yet, but we, we may be on that path. Those sorts of things, you mentioned earlier, you know, the Robespierre's terror, the terror at, you know, the, at the culminating point of the French Revolution, um, are enabled 
by lots of people raising their voices with great energy and passion directed at utterly yeah. wrong goals, at well, evil goals. And, and this, is, this is the thing that keeps me awake at night is the state of – or the lack of it of, of education. This is the reason that our program at the John Birch Society, at the New American, in all of the multifarious vehicles, our magazine, our, mm-hmm. our shows, everything else, has been first and foremost to educate people. How can we defend the Constitution, we speaking of the American collect- American citizenry collectively, if most of us have no idea what's in it and our leaders in Washington are not accepted from that for the most part? Yeah. Okay, so that aside, I have one more point to quickly make. I think that there, that, that all that said, that, that there's ample grounds for optimism, as I've said before in the show, that we are in fact heading in the right direction. There, there, and we, we don't have time to go through all, but well, we've talked about we this before. We have more people waking yeah. now than before. We, we sure. do. Uh, lots of people are getting red-pilled and mm-hmm. whatever-pilled. And, it, you know, it, the, this country is a very different place than it was when, for example, the Clintons were in, in power. You yeah. know, two generations ago now, almost two generations yeah, yeah. ago. Okay. So, so you know, you don't take a massive ship that's off course and turn it on a dime to get it to get the course correction. It takes time and we've been... to correct, to, to make a course correction. And, you know, America, the ship of state is, is massive here. So we need to be a little bit patient. And this, if for no other reason, this is ample justification. The fact that we are turning things around, that we are achieving a certain critical mass among those who are, I think, entitled yeah. to raise their voices and who are pleaders in behalf of truth. Um, that, that, that this is by no means the time to take up arms or, or contemplate other extreme measures like secession. Yeah, I mean, in this, this volatility that we're experiencing, I think, is a result of all these people waking up, because that's part of, part of the friction, is there's a lot of people waking up, they're pushing back. But I, I, would, I would go back to, you know, to, I think what Jordan Peterson, first of all, he's talking to that crowd, right? And so he's, he's in Canadian, Canada over there. And I think what he's really saying, and a lot of it, because he's gone through it too, is that if you do know the truth, if you do know that this is illegal, if you do know about uh, uh, you know, individual rights, if you do know that trans madness is just that, then say something because there's a lot of people who don't say something. They're going to keep their head down because right. they want to play it safe. And I think that's kind of what he's referring to. I, I think so too, but, uh, but I really applaud Steve's point though, because I think what you're saying, Steve, it's not sufficient simply to say okay here the you know here's the mm. truth but it's also necessary to explain why to uh, yeah. uh, provide the documentation to uh, provide the uh, the moral arguments and whatnot so people realize why we were saying why we are saying what we're saying yeah well thank you guys I mean uh, we're gonna have a bunch of links with stuff to jbs.org the new American like like Steve said, what we do here is we work to educate so then our folks can go out there and spread the truth to do uh, whether it be uh, about historical matters or the way that the, the government's supposed to work. So we're starting this new segment here or semi-segment about uh, with, where we're going to read emails uh, from, from listeners and viewers. So the first one I want to read is from, um, from Ivan Price, and he says of the show, Outstanding. I post installments on my Facebook page. So I'm really happy that Ivan is doing that. And I want to ask everyone who's listening and watching to do the same thing because we are extremely censored. We've been kicked off of YouTube, uh, the whole entire magazine, and obviously this show. We are restricted on Facebook. And there's other obstacles in our way 
Uh, and I think we we put out we probably put out one of the best shows. I'm not just saying that because we're doing it, but I, I really believe that because I compare us to others. So for for others who are listening and watching, we ask that you take uh, uh, you take after Ivan here and you post our shows on your social media. Uh, I'm gonna read another one and I'm I'm, I'm gonna let you guys comment. Uh, we have one for Mark Gabriel and he says. I love the New American Daily. You are my favorite news source. I watch on my phone and listen with my earphones when I'm on the elliptical or lifting weights at the gym. It helps motivate me to go to the gym and the show makes my workout seem to go a lot faster. Uh, thanks too for saving me from the raunchy music and TV garbage out there. So I guess we're, we're keeping him away from watching that. What do you think of that, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's great. I go to the gym too, but, I, but I'm, I'm glad that when Mark does, he has such weighty matters on his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be working out for him. Oh, there you go. Keep it going, guys. And we're going to look at one last one. Uh, this one's a little longer. So uh, this is from Carl Martin. And he says, I love the reporting. And he says, he has a suggestion. He include a segment in every show, perhaps at the end, which acts as a call to action but it's something each patriot can easily follow. So he made a bunch of suggestions, including uh, making informative constitution and philosoph philosophical basis. Uh, he talked about public servant track records, and I and I was I just couldn't help but thinking it's like thank you, Carl, for listening and watch or watching. But we kind of do some of those things already, don't we? We sure do. Uh, of course, we need to do more of it, and uh, we need more people involved. And yeah. our recommendation here on the show would be join the John Birch Society. Yeah, well, and, and go to jbs.org to get more information on that. Well, the Birch this Society public, being our parent organization. Right. This public servant track record, those congressional mm. scorecards—that's exactly what right. those are. We call it the Freedom Index. Yes. So, so far as Congress, but we have individual scorecards on uh, all members of Congress, uh, as well as. Uh, uh, all state legislators in all 50 states. Yes. So we're going to include a link to that for Carl and everyone else, because like you said, we have state and federal ones. And as far as this constitution, this philosophical basis, now that you and Steve used to do uh, this principles talk. So maybe we could consider bringing that back every once in a while. How would you feel about that, Steve? <laughs> well, whatever my superiors want. <laughs> well, we, again, we thank everyone for listening, for watching. And as I said a few minutes ago, we do ask, please share these episodes because we have a lot of obstacles when it comes to the, to the news we put out. And we thank everyone for watching. We ask that you go to thenewamerican.com for more truth-finding news. And we will see you Monday. <laughs>